Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi there. Welcome to So I Got to Thinking the weekly podcast which takes Carrie Bradshaw's iconic questions from Sex and the City and asks, are they still relevant for 2019? You are listening to Juna Dawson, author and journalist, Dylan B. Jones, the editor of QX, club kid about town and Sex and the City <laughs> superfan, and we have another special guest. And this week we are joined by lovely Alex Fox, who is half of the presenters of Unexpected Fluids from BBC Sounds, the script consultant on Netflix's Sex Education, which is pretty amazing, and also the, what's your role on the clinic? Oh yeah, I'm taking part in a Channel 4 show at the moment called The Sex Clinic, mm-hmm. uh, where I'm an advisor on everything from the mild to the wild really as is customary Dylan can you please give us a little potted synopsis of what happens in episode 11 the drought yes so as the name suggests it's about having a dry spell uh, so the, the the four ladies reflect on how often is normal to have sex which I think the word normal is a bit problem, but a bit odd oh, anyway. always always a bit odd I never like the word normal um and Carrie has an existential crisis oh because, she farts, because she farts in bed. Can we talk about the <laughs> farts? So basically, Carrie farts in front of Mr. Big and rocks her world more than any bowel movement has ever affected any <laughs> other human being. It made me laugh so much when she was thinking about it and then you heard it in like, what's it called? <laughs> like, stereo sound, yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's called like diegetic, in like diegetic <laughs> sound, like you could just hear it and just like, oh. Um, and it made me think I could ask you guys, farting in front of sexual partners or any, or part, romantic partners, what do we think? I, I think this is one of the few occasions where really loud sex toys actually have an advantage. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of a, a very energetic battery-operated boyfriend or mains-powered, to be honest. My electricity bill is literally through the roof right now. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people worry about sex toys uh, being loud because they'll disturb their uh, flatmates, family, neighbours, etc. But actually having something rumbling and grumbling <laughs> can, can help cover up the rumbles and grumbles. Uh, of your digestive system. I mean, if you're going to have sex with people, you have to get over bodily noises. Bodily noises happen. And also, where where anal sex is concerned, shit happens as well, occasionally. Also true. That never came up in Sex and the City, but (laughs) if you're going to have anal sex, 
a little bit of there poo. There might be a bit of poo, yeah. A good friend of mine is a, a male dominant called Master Dominic. And as he puts it, if you go down the rabbit hole, be prepared to meet Alice. Just, <laughs> oh, my God. I've just had a week in Cyprus with my boyfriend and we were in quite a small apartment. Uh-huh. So... You, I mean, what was I going to do? Like, mm. go go to the pool to poo and stuff? You just have to... Some people do, though. Do you know what? Every single summer, I get loads of letters from people because I, I answer people's uh, erotic queries on another podcast called The Modern Man. Um, and lots of people fret about going on holiday with a partner for the first time because they worry about how they're going to find solutions for their ablutions and visit the WC yeah. without it all going whack-whack-oops. Yeah. Um, I would oh. advise on, like, if you are nervous mm. about that, there's a brilliant product called VI Poo. Have you come across this? <gasps> I am familiar with yeah. VI Poo. No, yeah. ta- I haven't. There's so, another one called so Poo Puri as well. They're great. <laughs> They're, it's a little um, squip, <clears throat> spray bottle of scented solution that you squirt on into the water in your toilet before you drop the kids off at the pool. Okay. Um, and it masks the smell of poo. <gasps> and not I've, the I, noise. Yeah, not the noise, but I also bring a portable speaker. <laughs> So, Turn your yeah. sex toy on again. I'm yeah. just going into the bathroom. I mean, running the ta- I, running the tap, maybe. I'll, yeah, go run the shower and go while run the shower while the shower's running. running yeah. I also do Although that. I did once do that and forgot to flush the poo away. Oh, so I left the evidence. So you were so you were so busy turning the shower <laughs> off mm-hmm. that you forgot to see that. So. You went to great lengths, but then left a great length sitting there in the porcelain throne. Oh no! Yeah, so that was probably why it was the one night stand. But Carrie, I mean, she. Does <laughs> she she calls it or is it Charlotte who calls it the death of romance? Yeah. So is is admitting and this so the the fart <clears throat> taps into Carrie's bigger neuroses that she has been pretending to be the perfect woman for Mr. Big. She she's been and she, at one point she confesses that you know she even picks out certain outfits and she behaves a certain way in a bid to make Mr. Big fall in love with, I guess, a character of Carrie that she has created. And the far is emblematic of the problem that Big is gonna start to realize there is a real, a real Carrie. So actually this is kind of the far is ridiculous and we're all laughing at it because it's ridiculous, but is it a bigger feminist issue about the fact that Carrie felt pressured to pretend to be someone she's not to make a man fall in love with her? Have you ever done that, Dylan? Have you ever pretended to be someone you're not? I think that I actually have not. I think I'm quite genuine when it comes to my exploits, <laughs> which there are many. <laughs> They're all online <laughs> as well. You're quite open about them. Um, yeah, but I think, it, yeah, I think that's something that I'm actually not guilty of. Um, what about you, Alex? Well, as much as I'm giving tips and techniques on um, how to maybe shroud yourself from those blushes, mm. if you want to be a bit more discreet, ultimately, I think relationships get more enjoyable and more authentic the minute you do start showing your humanity. Yeah. I think, I mean, I used to work at Halfords many, many years ago. <laughs> I went from I went from car batteries to, as I say, Other entirely batteries. different battery-operated <laughs> devices. Um, and my boss there, Chris, always used to say, you're never truly in love with somebody until you can ship with the door open. Uh, and whilst I don't... <laughs> I agree- did just gasp. That wasn't... <laughs> Sorry. Well, whilst I absolutely don't agree 
agree with that. I think it's fine to have boundaries. I think um, once you relax to the point where you're being your genuine self and where you can actually talk about the realities of being a human being, which in a, will inevitably include the less glossy, less polished parts, um, then you, just, you stop fretting and you actually then have a bit more space yeah. to have a laugh and, and to enjoy like things. And it's your best friends as well. Like you always say gross things to your best friends and like, you know, like sit and wee together or like, or whatever. Um, do you? Th- but you raised an interesting point earlier, Juno, where you said it might be, what did you say? Um, it's different standards for men and women. So mm. women have to be more perfect and not yeah. flat. And men, like, that's not the case. I mean, Mr. Big thinks it's hilarious. He gets her a whoopee cushion. I think that was actually a really sweet moment. Yeah, I, I that. thought that was a lovely way of... Um, Breaking the tension after she broke wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And both of them laughing, like, I liked it. But then she just continued to be really, like, Mm. ugh about it. It's funny because I think, for me, so my, and I've written about this, so this shouldn't be, this isn't a big surprise or a big twist, but, like, many, many humans, and it disproportionately affects women, I have IBS. And it's so interesting to me that my Tinder literally was like, I'm trans, if you can't deal with that move on whereas the thing that for me has been the biggest cause of shame in my life was was IBS and the fact that sometimes I will eat the wrong thing or drink the wrong thing and I will have to escape to the nearest bathroom mm. I know where every fucking public toilet in London huh. is and, and it also and makes also makes sex difficult as well can do yeah. yeah well yeah yeah it can do and so for me the fact that I can quite openly talk about that with my partner is a sign, like you said, that our relationship has evolved into a better place. Because when Max understood, okay, she's not messing around, we need to stop the car and find a bathroom, Mm -hmm. he knows that, and I trust that he will stop the car and we will find a bathroom. And our relationship wouldn't, there couldn't be love if he didn't know everything about me. Yeah, I've got experience of dating somebody with IBS. Um, And actually, I found it um, a really wonderful moment of trust and understanding him more deeply um, when he opened up to me that that was the case. And it meant that I could start to be more proactively compassionate towards his needs, which I like to do in a relationship. Um, I didn't realize that I was inadvertently putting him in an uncomfortable position by choosing places to go to eat where there were lots of stuff on the menu that was going to make him feel Uh unwell later, or that I didn't realize that if I took too long in the shower in the morning, for example, it would stress him out because he knew he needed to go to the loo. So now that I know a little bit more how to cater to his needs, Mm. that's an active way that I express love and adoration for somebody and care. Um, But I do totally agree with you that often, particularly in the early stages of relationship, Mm -hmm. we do tend to shroud those parts of ourselves that we think are more shameful or more embarrassing. And we do try and we do try and perform what we think is expected of us. Mm -hmm. Um, I never realized that I was doing that. I thought I was quite real um, until I realized that um, one of the things of performing uh, one of the performative aspects of early dating for me was pretending to be cool with things that I really wasn't (laughs) I think a lot of women and probably men as well but I think there is this cool girl trope where you try and be super laid back and super a-okay and like oh no sweat absolutely well I've seen I've seen like I've seen like memes of like like the cool girl persona isn't it like oh yeah like I'll go to go watch the football with you and your mates and like it's all cool when actually you're just like seething on the yeah and often it extends to being cool about behaviour that's actually really problematic or pretending to be totally accepting and chill about um, something that maybe takes advantage of you or doesn't treat you right because you're so worried about being seen as 
difficult or yeah. stubborn or annoying. Or, or like sh- or shrill to you. Yeah, yes. the, the, yes. yeah. bunny boilers or, you know, just all <clears throat> those negative connotations yeah. about whining girlfriends. Well, I have definitely boiled some bunnies in my time, but that was just to sterilise them after extended use. <laughs> uh, are we going to come to that? Because we, yeah, we, 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 we dealt with the rampant rabbit oh, the two rabbit, weeks yeah. ago. So let's come to Kerry's question, which is, and this is why we need you, Alex. How often is normal? So I've got some statistics. I want you to know I did my fucking homework. I love a good stat. I literally Googled. So the British Medical Journal, Uh this was 2017. I know exactly what you're going to (laughs) say. One third of men and women have not had sex in the past month. And that was a survey of 34,000 people aged 16 to 44. Less than half have sex at least once a week. And then 35 to 44-year-olds, on average, are having sex two to three times a month. Whereas, because we've got Dylan in the room, um, for gay men, 41% were unhappy with how much sex they were having. And that was from a 2014 survey. Or how little sex they were having. Yeah. Or just the amount of sex. Because I, I, I assumed, wrong stereotypes, that possibly gay men would be having more sex than you know straight men. But maybe not if 41% are unhappy with their sex life. Do you know what's really interesting about this? So, as you said before, I've always been open about how much sex I have mm-hmm. um, and I realised watching this episode that I think that Sex and the City is partly to blame perhaps Ooh. this episode in particular is partly to blame for how much sex I have because um, obviously they have a lot of sex in Sex and the City and I grew up on that show when I was a teenager and finished it just before I moved to London and moved to London thinking that I should have as much sex as Samantha does um, and proceeded to have as much sex as Samantha does. I so, think you need to grow at least five and a half extra assholes to make that <laughs> yeah. even possible. Yeah, um, I certainly need a new one now. Um, <laughs> it's um, festival season. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was just a really kind of strange, slightly weird light bulb moment that I had watching this episode. Not that there's anything wrong with having lots of sex, but it was just, I was like, oh, maybe that's one of the reasons why I have a lot of sex. And that's a good thing. I mean, Sex and the City was certainly <clears throat> sex positive, like probably ahead of its time. Um, but in this in this case, God dare we ask Alex, how often is normal? I mean, so what have we got? Let's look at those statistics. So we've got a third in men and women age between 16 to 44 have had zero sex in the past month what do we think well do you know what there's a lot of different uh, variables at play here depending on what study you look at you can actually come up with quite different results Um, there was another one published in the archives of sexual behavior a while ago that said the average adult uh, the the average adult was having sex 54 times a year so around once a week Um, but then again if you look at other studies they say that uh, millennials in particular are having less sex than ever before Um, I think this possibly indicates um, a change in attitudes towards sex and how much we think it's important compared to getting good sleep or enjoying ourselves other ways or concentrating on our career. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that maybe that reflects a difference in the definition of what we're counting as sex and as good sex. That was going to be my question. Because it used to be, I say this so much, but um, we used to be really obsessed with penetration and arguably we still are, although I think the tides are turning there. But for a long time, the only thing that we meant when we said sex was uh, putting a pole in a hole and that was considered the sole goal mm-hmm. of of getting it on with somebody. I and think I and 
possibly most other people around our generation would count anything as anything sexual as sex. When I, would I say, say like, if, if people have come in the same room, you've had sex. I think. Yeah. I work with a lot of young people, and I think they still do draw a st- distinction between things like oral or hand jobs, things like that, versus penis in vagina sex and I think that's partly because there is um, that added concern of pregnancy Mm. and in the minds of some straight or um, bi women uh, if you're having that kind of sex that has that extra layer of uh, threat Mm. if you will of danger then that's something very special that you're doing with somebody so I can to some degree understand why some people think P and V sex they place yeah. it on the platform a little bit higher than some other sex acts. I wonder. So I think these studies, I would be willing to bet they probably did just count penetrative sex. Mm-hmm. And also, I think um, um, Carrie points out to Miranda really early in the episode that not having sex in a couple means more if, than if you're single. So before, so I, I basically had two years off, kind of. Um, a bit, and we'll talk about celibacy because obviously the hunky yoga teacher is celibate. Oh, yeah. But I, so I had a period of half-arsed celibacy where I wasn't. Does that mean you just went let someone go halfway inside your ass and called it a? Is that like people? Is that like people who say they're vegan but still eat chicken? Basically, so basically, I came off the apps. I wasn't looking to meet men. If it happened, it happened. Like if some old flame drifted back into the picture, right? Great, but I. I in no way went out looking oh, to meet guys because okay. I realised it was more important to focus on my transition and, and I, I was trying to date way too early in, in my transition and it just didn't work. That sounds like a really healthy thing to do. I found out the hard way. I tried to make a relationship happen right at the start of my relationship. <clears throat> An amazing guy who I adore still. He lives overseas now. But it was the wrong, wrong time. So after after him, I had a hiatus. And let's call it a hiatus more than celibacy. And, um, and so I went probably about nine months once without any sex. But it didn't feel like a big deal. Whereas now that I'm with Max, if we were to go nine months without sex, I think that would probably indicate there was something quite wrong. Yeah. Something would be afoot because that's not what we're used to. So I think there's, I think I always think statistics are a bit bollocks, I must admit. Yeah. Um, especially bollock based statistics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally I'm agree really with you. All the, you're good with the puns today. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Alex um, is podcast pro. <laughs> we should have aspire to Alex's um, level of rapid punning. I was uh, about to say, did you, were you going to say you should aspire to my level of rap because nobody aspires <laughs> to that, Christ almighty. Um, sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's A-OK. Yeah. I, I do think that people get more worried or, or see it as more of a red flag, if you mm. will, if they're in a partnership uh, and they're not having some form of se- sexual interaction compared to when they're on their own. Um, I think we have a different attitude towards solo sex or pleasing ourselves, masturbation. Well, when we have why, a partner why, as well. Why isn't this study counting that as sex? Because we all know from the Rampant Rabbit episode that Charlotte, the most mind-blowing orgasm that Charlotte had ever had was with a battery-operated device. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And Alex, so I asked her especially, is, is the rabbit still the market leader or what what amazing devices should should Dylan and I be looking into? Okay, I would love We've to give you a, a little tour through some Please, of my favourite toys. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but first up, I, I do think you've just made a really important point um, that I think we need to view solo sex very differently. And I'm a big fan of mutual masturbation. Um, so actually masturbating with your partner. It's a great way of mm. learning from the expert exactly how and where they like to be okay. touched. Um, and also, um, I coined the term the purple pass which I think do you know that you will approve of because it's okay. named after Prince oh, okay. you know in Alphabet Street there is yeah. a there's a line where Prince just says uh, tonight I'm just not in the mood so if you don't mind I'd like to watch and I think sometimes if you are having an experience where you're too tired or you're not feeling it because you've bloated with IBS mm, or thank it's, you. it's you're having <laughs> menstrual cramps or you just you just don't fancy or you've just had a curry yeah exactly yeah. or you, you, your head just isn't right in the in the right place to give head yeah. give your partner a purple purse <clears throat> give them permission to masturbate in front of you you might want to say some supportive sexy things you might want to put your hand elsewhere on their body but it means that you are allowed Allowing them to have a sexual experience that you're participating in to a degree that you feel comfortable without either of you feeling like anybody's being forced into something that they don't want to mm. do. Um, I am also a massive fan of incorporating sex toys into my partnered love life. And I think for a lot of people, they use toys when it's just me, myself and I, and it's just them with their mitts on the bits, but they don't use toys when they're I've with a partner. I've doing that a bit. Do you know what I'm... I'm I a, think we touched on this in the in the yeah, rabbit. I'm a one. Jenny come lightly to sex toys, and we did. We talked a lot about sex toys because uh, I must. I wouldn't use a sex toy probably if I was by myself, just because then you've just got to clean it. But uh, <laughs> but then but with with my partner, we're we're starting to quite get into that. Yeah, it's kind Whereas of I only, the spice of life. I only have by myself and oh. not with anyone else. I'm Actually, more likely to by myself, yeah. which is why I've been. It's kind of like, I don't know, maybe I kind of, 
I guess I feel a bit self-conscious about it. I guess I'd feel self-conscious using one with someone else there because it's a bit of a sort of performance, isn't it? Like, I think a lot of people as well, they view sex toys as um, a threat to their, to their partner. Uh, they right, worry yeah. that their partner's ego will be offended that they've brought in a tool Especially to help with the job. Tool. Yet, do you know what? This really pisses me off, do you know? For time. so long, women have been told, OK, it's great to uh, introduce sex toys to the bedroom to spice things up. But just choose something quiet and discreet and petite oh so, God, that, really? so that your partner won't feel undermined. I think lesbians <clears throat> are better at this. A lot mm. of friends I have that are women that sleep with women don't worry about if, uh, whether they're bringing a magic wand the size of a freaking baseball bat into the bedroom because <laughs> it's all about getting the job done and pleasuring e- each other so and pleasuring yourself. Yeah, this one, we've well, got yeah, some I've sex brought, toys to play with. I've brought along some of my favourites. Am I this? Uh, yeah, go yeah. for it. The one, um, this one's beautiful. This one some are for people with penises some are with for people with vulvas and vaginas and um, the one that you're holding there Juno is great for folks with um, folks with protrusions people with penises and oh. um, it's by a Japanese sex toy company called Tenga who I particularly mm. like because what would you say oh, that looks of, like I've heard of Tenga it looks without naming any products it looks like it's from the Apple store yes it's yeah. white I was going to say it looks like it's designed by I Pixar. figured out what it is now yeah. I figured it out look I found the hole oh yeah <laughs> it's, uh, I always think it looks like a tiny stand up tanning booth for a Barbie doll that particular yes. one. Oh my god or I've just realised what it reminds me of what? BB-8 from Star Wars <laughs> it does <gasps> it does it's got but BB-8's it's, colours right? is, it, is it fair to call it a flesh tunnel well, that's the thing. A lot of um, a lot of products that are made for people with penises to penetrate tend to look like fake genitals. And if you're not a fan of something that looks like it's come straight out of American Horror Story, mm. then then that can put you off. That's you know what? If stuff yeah. that looks like skin is what um, happens to turn you on, then there is no shame in that game. But for a lot of people, they don't like Ooh. stuff that looks like body parts. And Tenga specialise in things that looks quite that look quite space modern age. in and the space future. Age. This yeah. is what we will all be having sex with. This one's called a flip orb. And um, what you do is, um, I'm trying to, I'm going to try and describe it for okay. people who are listening. Um, it's about the size features. of, I'd say, half a Pringles can, right? Yeah, Roughly, that's, that's yeah. Accurate, yeah. Um, you hold it in one hand. Um, you insert. It's got. It's like it's lined. <laughs> it's lined with very soft, silky, textured silicone. Oh, and what oh. you do is you squirt in some lubricant. Yeah. Then insert your member. I love the word member. Is there a members club somewhere? I'm like full needlessly. Of I'm needlessly yeah. doing like a visual. <laughs> no one can see. Uh, and then you you essentially wank with it. Um, but it's got essentially inside. Um, little tiny globes that rub against the skin of the penis. Yeah, I'm a real big advocate of um, people with penises using more toys because um, I think that they... uh, This is one of the few areas of sex and maybe the whole world where cis men have it harder than cis women because I think it's a lot more acceptable for women to experiment with sex toys. I mean, I've often said I've got more dead rabbits in my bedside cabinet than there are on Watership Down. Oh. And I have no shame in that. And, you know, it's, it's, quite, um, it's quite a point I, of pride amongst, amongst a lot of women, how many rabbits they've yeah. got or how many bullets and things. I read Whereas recently, if a guy says, oh, I've got wank toys, it's considered it's a bit, bit shamey. Yeah, yeah. I read recently, I'm sure you probably already know this, that the fleshlight was like one of the top selling toys last year so I'm guessing it's that's slowly changing perhaps I think that's why millennials are reporting less sex maybe we've got over our worries about just doing it to yourself 
Well, you know what? Tenga actually did a survey and they found that 30, sorry, 27% of women and 21% of men, and this was in a massive global survey, said that they actually preferred masturbating to partnered sex, partly because it was about performance anxiety. So yeah, maybe one of the reasons that millennials are having less partnered sex or reporting to have less partnered sex is because they're choosing just to please themselves, by themselves, for themselves, and not worry about... uh, uh, yeah, yeah, putting on the Ritz for the bits with somebody else. So the other thing, so I think there's two things that we still need to discuss. Yeah. One of them, again, is a personal thing. I feel very much for the guy, Charlotte's guy, who has lost his sex drive uh-huh. on SSRIs. Mm. Happened to me as well. Mm. It's really and common. It was, it was why... I decided I would rather be anxious than horny. (laughs) It's happened to a friend of mine. A striking effect. It's happened to a friend of mine, and he made the other decision. So to be less anxious and less horny. Well, thankfully, those aren't the decision isn't always that binary. Although it's really common that Mm. selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors and indeed some other forms of antidepressants can either make you lose your libido or can make it once you are aroused really, really hard to come. Mm -hmm. I hear from a lot of uh, penis owners who say they can get hard, um, but they're hard for as long as and and, uh, upright for as long as bloody Stonehenge. They just can't. Mm. They can't orgasm. They can't climax. you don't have to give up your medication. And indeed, I'd think, say to any listeners considering that, please go and consult yes. your GP before you come off Because you can meds. do other things. Yeah, yeah they might, you, might, you can yeah. sometimes tweak your prescription. Um, toys can be really, really useful to people who are experiencing like a lack of sensitivity mm. or, or differences in their arousal. Um, I, for instance, there was a, there's a friend of mine called Krista Ann who lives abroad, uh, who actually went on an orgasm hunting mission because she lost her ability <laughs> lost to climax. Her yeah, I just got she an found image. that magic wands worked for her. I just got an image for some reason of like Lara Croft with like a bow and arrow, womb raider, womb raider. Oh my god, <laughs> good value, Alex. Um, I, I got like sort of going to meet like a sensei in a forest cave. Oh, like, yeah. I have come to you, sensei, in search of my orgasm. Um, something, something that, um, <laughs> something that Samantha said, which I actually thought was kind of bollocks, mm. which she said, "Sex is a barometer for what's going on in the relationship." No, I was like, no. Uh, sometimes possibly could be an indicator of certain things. I think that's but, a dangerous assertion, yeah, not least very... because how many people have you met who are having fucking brilliant sex, having... but with the worst person Toxic in the world? Relationships, yeah. yeah. Mm. No, sex can be a reflection to some extent of your relationship. I think we shouldn't place no. that much emphasis on it. I appreciate. I think there's always the first time when you're with a new partner, the first time you sleep over but don't have sex often it's worth passing comment I'm like oh I think this is the totally first time totally agree the first time we've slept together without sex ho 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 and then go to sleep and it's fine I don't think it means anything and I think Carrie as a woman in her 30s shouldn't have been looking so much into the fact that Big and her hadn't had sex a few times and she certainly shouldn't have clambered all over him climbed on him <laughs> 
grabbed hold of his face and tried to make him have sex with her while he was watching the football. That, that reminds yeah. me. a bit problematic and weird, actually. <laughs> totally that, agree. That, that made me squick, me, that scene. That reminded me of me and Chris when Chris is watching an Arsenal match. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Well, that's that's true. Knowing, knowing Chris, that's absolutely... <laughs> I thought, we've just seen a glimpse into Dylan's home life. <laughs> yeah, don't try and get the arse when Arsenal's on. I think this is something that interests me and that I'm sure you'll know the answer to, Alex. A big issue in this episode is not being able to communicate and talk about uh-huh. like, and talk about sex properly. Do you think, the three of us, I think, are very comfortable talking about <laughs> sex. Um, do you think people are more comfortable talking about sex these days? That is such a good question. Yeah. Because I work in sex education, I think it's really easy for me to get you the forget, impression. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I live in a bit of a social media bubble where to me, because of the accounts I follow, it feels like everybody is endlessly yeah. talking about the ins and outs, the ups and downs, the round and rounds and oh. the, the, the licks and flicks and Christ <laughs> knows what of sexuality and being very open and very frank. But then I do events where, or, or visit schools where I realise that the lack <clears> of knowledge and the, and the lack of confidence in talking about sexual matters is still really rock bottom. Mm. A lot of people know they're not talking about sex and they don't know where to begin. Um, it's also a real pet hate of mine that I think a lot of sex educators and sex experts or people talking about sex in the media, they bang on about how great and how essential communication is within relationships and how important it is to communicate about sex. But then they don't say how. How to do it. They don't give people any frameworks or any kind of uh, methods of doing that. They just go, oh, yeah, communication is really important. And then ironically (laughs) fail to communicate how the hell to do that. Um, I work with a company called The Sway, which is founded by two women who are in long-term relationships, really happy with their wonderful partners, had a nice enough sex life, you know, it was bobbing along, bobbing up and down. But they kind of wanted to spice things up. They wanted to keep it exciting and they didn't really know how to broach the subject without their partners thinking that maybe all along they'd been lying about how happy they were or that there must be some kind of fundamental massive problem. So they started this sex subscription box service called The Sway, where I think it's it's once every two months, I think, or you can buy one-off boxes as well. They'll send you like a really beautiful uh, parcel full of inspirational sexual products. Um, (laughs) Not only do you have the products, though, but they actually come with little cards that suggest ways of talking about the subjects that the box suggests. So uh, it'll say, ask your partner, uh, would you prefer to do A or B with this massage candle? Or and it actually gives you some strategies a r- a for talking. Theme is how shit Carrie is at talking about sex. This is considering up she's week considering on it's week literally her job. It is her job. She's a sex <laughs> columnist. Do you know a lot of people say to me, "Oh, you're just like Carrie," and oh, I think God. I kind of hope, hope I'm not. not yeah, say Alex. So let's wrap up. The question to how often is normal is a ridiculous question. Yeah. It is what's normal for you. And it's all yeah. contextual. Completely. Uh, yeah. Um, so as has been the case with a few episodes, this question is now in 2019 so ridiculous that it's literally unanswerable, really. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, but it's about, it's about whether you are single or in a relationship. It's about maintaining your personal level of sexual satisfaction. It's like keeping up with your 
health and your well-being and also your sex. And we've not even talked about sex workers and sex work because that's a whole other episode. Yeah. But, you know, there are so many ways that you can look after your sexual satisfaction. But I think, like we said at the end, the most important thing is that you can talk about it, whether you're with yeah. someone or not, that you are able to express what it is you're feeling about your sex drive and sex life. I find um, there's a there's a technique that I have named the um, care, air, share technique that might help people who are struggling to talk mm. about this kind of thing. Um, first of all, if you if you make it clear to your partner that you care about them, so you say something like, I really love you or this relationship's great or I feel like I trust you enough, I'm really enjoying what we're doing together. So you're setting the precedent mm-hmm. that this is going to be a pleasant conversation. Yeah. You're not just coming at them with, with the doom and gloom. And then air what's on your mind. Say, but I've noticed lately, you know, uh, we're both really tired when we go to bed and we're not making love anymore. Or, you know, it's a quick wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And I, I really miss taking it more mm-hmm. slow. Or conversely, we're taking ages and sometimes just a quickie would be really fiery and hot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and let's be clear, some women do really like that I think I think <laughs> in a lot of conversations I've had recently there's been this idea that women only want like super slow oh my god I fucking sex. love a quickie oh yeah sometimes you just yeah. you just want um, a quick shlo- shove yeah. and, Job and, done. And, yeah quick shove no love um, oh, and then yeah and then finally share ask your partner to share their ideas okay yeah. so what do you think about that how do you feel have you got any ideas so it's a two-way conversation not you just going I'm fucked off. This isn't good enough. Here are my commands and my yeah. demands. Last couple of things. If you similarly, if, if you don't want sex, that's okay as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to not want And sex. all of that is what Carrie should have written in her Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for coming in into this yes, incredibly warm ACAST oh, studio. We're all melting. I thank feel you so like much. if we, if I just lay on the floor now, you could float some twigs oh, down the screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're the Yeah. Uh, in fact, Gross. I believe that believe that game is known as Poo Sticks, which Poo takes sticks. us right back down to <laughs> the, the shit we were talking about to the Alice beginning. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, Charlotte also, just quickly, Charlotte saying, there's only going to be one stop to the taxi driver I really enjoyed. Very sexy. Just made a note of that, yeah. Oh. The next time we have a sex problem, we're going to get you back. Yeah. Um, Alex, thank you so much for coming in. Where can our listeners find more, Find out more about you? It's been a treasured pleasure. Uh, yeah, if you want to talk to me about sex and the city or sex and the shitty or <laughs> sex and <laughs> the heat, areas. my God, they yeah. cannot find my clitty. Uh, you can find me slapped all over the internet. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Alex Fox, spelled A-L-I-X, one I like Cyclops and then Fox like the dirty little animal that rifles through your bins we have but one episode left of series one dear listener please do join us next week when we will be looking at season one episode 12 come all ye faithful yeah Um, thank you for listening please subscribe and we'll see you next time bye up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.